All right, well, welcome um, to our discipleship hour. As you all know, since you're here, hopefully you know, we've got a special guest with us. As we do whenever any of our missionaries come through for a visit, we like to take some time. You know, Kristen shared in the service a few weeks ago about her um, an update of life in Ukraine. But uh, we'd like to take an extended time now and ask some questions. I've got some questions to lead us off, which um, will probably take us a majority of the time. But we would like to have some time for open question and answers at the end as well for, for any of you. So jot down any questions you have or make a note of them so you can ask as well. Um, but let me um, open us with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Your mercies are new every day. We thank you for Kristen and the opportunity we've had to be a part of her journey in serving you in Ukraine and and throughout Eastern Europe. And we thank you now for this time when she's home, at least back here um, with us, and able to share with us about your work over there. And God, we pray that you would bless this time together. We pray that you would calm her nerves and help her to just be able to speak openly and freely with us about what you're doing in her life and what you're doing in Ukraine. And I pray that you would be at work in our hearts even to knit our hearts together with our brothers and sisters who are serving you amidst many trials and tribulations in Ukraine and other cities in Eastern Europe. Pray that we would um, that you would just unite our hearts together with them, and that you would help us to be a good um, sending church for Kristen to continue to show her love and support, to be faithful in our prayers for her, and just to um, continue to, to hold the rope for her as she, as she seeks to serve you faithfully in Ukraine. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, not all. I know some of you um, have probably come to Cow Creek within the last um, few years. So um, if you didn't already know, you probably, Kristen Jonas is, kind of, is a unique missionary for us and that all the other missionaries that we support have been sent out by other churches and then we, uh, we've partnered with them to provide them support and they come and visit us and all that. But um, Kristen is actually a, a homegrown missionary for us, um, the only one we've sent out in decades, I think, maybe going, maybe going back to the 80s if they've... Um, there were some missionaries that we sent out, but within the last 30 years, um, Kristen is the only missionary that we've actually sent out from our church, so she's got a special place in our heart. But I know that some of you, some of you have been here through all that time, and but some of you probably haven't, so I thought I'd just start off by asking Kristen to just introduce herself and just share uh, the highlights the, of the chronology of how you know her history at Cow Creek and how she came to become a you know one of those crazy people that becomes a missionary and lives in uh, serves in Ukraine. So if you can just share with us some of that um, history. Sure. So I may be the most recent missionary that Cow Creek has sent out, but hopefully not the last. So looking forward to what the Lord does with that. I have been attending Cow Creek since. 2000 when it came to writing to go to college and then as many of you know I became the secretary in 2004 but my desire to be a missionary went back all the way since I was a child it's always been a desire to serve the Lord overseas and but the Lord for his reasons just had me wait for a very long time even though that was a a desire for a very long time and in 2017 I came to the leadership and I said it's been this desire all my life to serve the Lord overseas. And they said, that's wonderful, and we know you really great and because you've been our secretary for so long, and, and we would love to pray with you and support you and help you in that journey, come alongside you as a church and as leadership. And, and it was amazing. Once the Lord said, now is the right time, things moved very quickly. So I spoke to them in the summer of 2017, and by the summer of 2018, I was on a plane headed for Ukraine. And I served there. I went there for two years. I, I went in on the books short-term, but I was thinking long-term, because as you know, I had been thinking about my whole life. And and then I once I was there, I did decide and felt confirmed by the Lord that yes, I want you to stay and serve here, 
And so in 2020, I came back to the States and transitioned to officially be long-term. And then I've been serving the Lord there in Ukraine ever since. So how did you end up, I mean, in the world's a big place. How did Ukraine become the place that you landed at? I don't know if you can share a little bit of that. Well, I'd always actually had a heart for Eastern, not Eastern Ukraine, Eastern Europe. I don't know why. Sometimes the Lord just puts desires on your heart. And we had a pastor that many of you know, Travis Payton, who had had connections with Ukraine. And so when I had spoken to him and to Jeremy about my, my desire to serve the Lord, we kind of started looking into me originally going independently to Ukraine and then got wisdom. You should probably go with a missions organization because there's just a lot more support and training and a team if you go. But since we had been looking at Ukraine originally, since pa- Pastor Travis had connections, we kind of just continued on that road and yeah. I ended up in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know, she's... Um, partnered with an agency is um, ABWE is ABWE. my mission organization yeah. yes and I know from the bits that I've been able to interact with them they've been a great partner with us I would affirm that the church is really the sending agency we're the ones who are sending Kristen out but they've been there to help especially when we face yes. <laughs> difficult questions you know as we'll get into so alright so as, if you haven't had your uh, head under a rock the last few years you know that Ukraine's been in the news a lot so just what have you been doing? You know, was that a year? Uh, last last uh, let's spring? See. Last year? What, what month is it? What country is it? Um, <laughs> let's see, it's June? We just had BBS. I'm still a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost a month, uh, almost a year and a half yeah. I've been out of Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. So walk us through that a little bit. What was it like? Um, I mean, what have you been doing, I guess, in that, in that period? And maybe that was one of my later questions. I don't remember. But you... Um, you know, what was it like? Maybe actually go back before before the war. You know, what was your normal life like? And then what was that like with you know the the war brewing and then and then developing? So my normal ministries in Ukraine before the war escalated was I was helping with Onovlinya or Renewal Church. They were a church plant that started in 2017, right before I came, and it's based in the neighborhood where I lived, I was placed in that neighborhood, found an apartment out in that neighborhood so I could be close in that community, actually live in that community. So I help in any way that I can, uh, whether it be with women's ministry or doing special music or moving chairs or, you know, in church, there's always lots of ways to help. And and then I also help at Kiev Theological Seminary. So there's ladies that take Bible classes as well as men. And I had the opportunity to just come alongside them and shepherd their souls and invest in their lives and just care for them. And then, as many of you know, I love missionary kids. And so I have the opportunity to invest in missionary kids as well. So I would typically go to the Gustafson's house, my teammates, once a week, help with homeschool. They have five kids, so Rachel is very appreciative <laughs> when I show up on Tuesdays. And it's not just about it's not just about school. Just being in their lives gives me the opportunity to invest in the kids spiritually. And if you're in if people are in your life, then you are more likely to trust them and just be real with people. And and the same with kids. So just having that extra opportunity to invest in kids. Not just the Gustafsons, but there's other missionary kids in town. So that's what my normal ministries look like. And I say normal because there's always extra things that the Lord is placing in your life, opportunities. And then the war was on the horizon and things were escalating at borders and... I mean, there's lots of things that could be said, but three weeks before the war escalated, um, February 24th, the Gustafsons and I made the decision to go to Hungary. So we have a bunch of teammates, ABWE teammates there, that threw open their doors, said, come, stay with us for however long you need. And so we did. And while we were there, I was there with the Gustafsons, so I just turned around and continued serving their kids, helping with homeschool and trying to reconcile my brain with the fact that I just got ripped out of my country and my home. Um, spent a lot of time in prayer and 
a lot of time in prayer. And, and then the war did escalate, which we didn't want to happen, but it did. And so Ukrainians poured into all the bordering countries and then some surrounding Ukraine. So my teammates opened their churches, opened their homes, and I was serving from Hungary, but then I had teammates in Bulgaria that said, Kristen, we need your help. There's Ukrainians here. We don't speak Russian or Ukrainian, and we're trying to help our daughter with homeschool, and we can't do both. Could you come help us? So then I went to Bulgaria for three months, and I helped with homeschool and with the Ukrainians that were there. And then Bulgaria said, you can only stay here three months, because that's how long you can stay in a country without a temporary residency permit. And so then I came back to Hungary, which is kind of my landing spot. And it was, it was tough, because... Um, Hungarian is one of the most difficult languages, and as you know, I've been studying language in Ukraine for years, and it's hard, and to go back to zero, where it was, can you translate, can you translate, can you translate, was very difficult. And of all the countries, Hungary wasn't the one that most Ukrainians had gone to, and so I was just trying to evaluate where I should serve from, and Poland had more Ukrainians go to their country than anywhere else. So, for instance, Romania had hundreds of thousands and Ukrainian had millions. So it seemed like the most logical choice to go to Poland because that's where the Ukrainians were. So I had an opportunity to serve there, teaching English as a platform, but investing in, in ladies and students once again. And I could do it in English this time, so it was a little easier. <laughs> and so I served there for seven months until I came back to the States. Yeah. So Poland was like, you had like a couple stints, right? At that yeah, there life. were two terms. So each term is eight weeks. And so I had originally gone to, to just do one term, but then I had made connections. I had housing. They needed teachers for the next term. I was probably going to be coming back to the States on furlough. It didn't make sense to rip myself out and stick myself somewhere else if I already had relationships and the opportunity to continue to serve well and all yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if any of us. I certainly haven't lived through anything quite like this, where your your home is all over the place. Uh, how many different countries did you, you told me at one point? I forgot how many countries well, have you been? I I lived to? in four in the last year, but I visited twelve for various reasons. And and when I was writing them down, I forgot a couple. Which <laughs> I mean, you're like, how could you forget countries? But that was kind of the nature of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So a few months ago, um, you had the opportunity to actually go back for the first time, I think, right? You spent, I forget how many months away, but then you, you went back for a short visit over a weekend, right? What was that like to go back to, you were in Kiev and with the, with the church there? Can you tell us what that was like? It was almost a year to the day that I went back, and I went back for a weekend. It turned out that our English program in Poland had like a Thursday and a Friday off and a Monday off, and so I was able to sneak away for that that quick weekend, very quick, um, not a quick bus ride, let me tell you, that was 18 hours, and that was intense, and that was, you know, one way, <laughs> so I got to turn around and do it again, but wow. it was really surreal, it was really surreal to stand in Kiev in lots of familiar places, whether it be at the train station, or the metro, or my church, or my apartment, I don't know if you guys have ever woken up from a dream and thought, wow, that was so real. And you kind of like pinch yourself. No, no, that wasn't real. Well, that's how it felt on the flip side. As I was standing there in all these familiar places, no, this is, this is real. I'm actually back in Kiev. I'm actually standing in my apartment. I'm, I'm, I'm with my people. And, and people, my friends literally came running to me to hug me, you know, whether it be Pastor Sasha's wife Ina or my friend Natalia, and I was I was warmly welcomed into my church with so many people that I didn't even know yet. I mean, it's tripled since I left, and yet the the ladies when I was there at the ladies' event that they had, they all just wanted to get to know me, and I exchanged my number with new ladies that, and we continued to stay in touch. So I just was really welcomed back. And, and the thing I hear a lot from Renewal Church, whether I'm on this side of the ocean or in Ukraine, is thank you for not forgetting us. A lot of times when you're going through difficult times, you feel really alone or that people have forgotten. And, and just that reminder, especially in person, 
no, we haven't forgotten you. And, and of course, they asked, you know, were you afraid to come? I mean, because the war is not ended. But to physically be with them in person was such an encouragement mm. to them that I was just so glad that I could be there. Yeah. You mentioned something a second ago that kind of in passing, you said the church has tripled in size. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, ex- share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so when I left, we had 15 people, and, and we've been praying as a church that we would grow. We, like I said, we were a church plant. We, play, we were placed in this community. And, and I think that every year maybe we would gain one new person. And praise the Lord, Slava Bogu, we have one new person, you know. Um, and we're grateful for that new person. And of course, churches aren't about numbers. It's, it's about, you know, we're investing in the spiritual growth of people. And, and sometimes we see that in numbers, and sometimes that's just in depth. But, but it can be a little discouraging when, you, when you're not growing um, in quantity very much. And... And with the war, I mean, so many people have been displaced, and, and a lot of people have moved from the east to Kiev, uh, whether for housing or their homes were destroyed or it's dangerous there. I mean, it's dangerous in Kiev too, but it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's less dangerous because it's not, but I don't know. It's, it's scary in the east right now. So um, they moved for whatever reason they moved, and... Um, and they and Renewal Church was handing out humanitarian aid and and so that might have been how they originally heard about Renewal Church, but but they came to Bible study and and they came to church and and they continued to come to church and they had to keep buying more chairs because people were standing and and so it's just amazing to me that that our little church of fifteen is now 40 to 60, and they're literally busting out the doors. Um, and Pastor Sasha keeps telling me, Kristen, I don't know what to do. You know, what do we do with all these people? We serve them and teach them the gospel and no. pray about what to do or whether we should get a bigger space. Right. That's an amazing problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we tripled in size over two years. Yeah. So if... What do you think, you know, having visited Pastor Sasha and, you know, seeing what he's been through, um, what do you think he would want to share or the congregation would want to share with our church here in Cow Creek? I mean, that you've told, you know, they, they know, um, I don't know if Steve and Cindy, Steve and Cindy Youngs aren't here. I know they're gone this today. Um, Paul Kalkinen's here, I think. Nope, not here either. Uh, Travis Payton is in Alabama. So none of, but anyways, four of our members at once met Pastor Sasha. And yes. um, so I know that they know us. They, know, they have a relationship with us. Um, what do you think they would want to say to us um, as a sister church? Yeah. I, I mean, whenever I've talked to Pastor Sasha, which is frequently, he just asks for prayer. And please don't forget us, he says. So your prayers are huge. Um, and it's just been such a blessing to him. Uh, recently, the, the VBS took up an offering um, to help Pastor Sasha to get a car, actually, um, because he's in using public transportation, and he lives an hour away from where our church meets, and it's, it's really difficult to... It's really difficult if you live an hour away. So, so we're um, looking forward to blessing him with a car, so it's easier for him to do ministry, and... But, but yes, prayer, continue to pray specifically for not just their safety, but just their spiritual growth and that their hearts wouldn't go bitter in the midst of the war and seeing and experiencing very difficult things um, when, when we're fearful or when we're angry, maybe even righteously. Um, you know, we have to be careful, you know, with our hearts, that they cling to the Lord and and we continue to go deep with Him and trust Him um, in the midst of difficult yeah. times. Yeah. Does He have the the leadership to help with the church tripling in size, or is He just trying to do it all Himself? Or? He, um, it's Him and Timothy, my friend, and I do say Timothy with an F because I don't have a TH in Ukrainian. Um, I know a couple of you. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Who has downloaded Telegram? 
Who's down there? All right, my faithful two in the back. For those of you who checked it this morning, do you remember what I posted that just happened this morning? Yes. So Timothy was just ordained as a assistant pastor this morning. So that is a big right. deal. But there's, it's it's a very small leadership, and there's many many people to serve. And so that that's another reason that my heart desires to return, just because there's just not a lot of people mm-hmm. to serve, and and there's a lot of people to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just mentioned you're thinking about returning. I mean, I know, I feel like everything in the last 18 months has been a big, um, you know, you have to start every sentence with, if the Lord wills, because there's so many unknowns, and, who, you know, the war could, for a while, Russian troops were, like, right in Kiev, right on the border of Kiev, and then they got pushed back, and I mean, who knows, you know, which way the offensives are going to go. So what has that been like for you, thinking about going back and, um, how have you, where are you at in that process of deciding about potentially going back into Ukraine? Well, it, it is my desire to return. Um, it's a really weighty decision, so it's not something I'm just lightly, yeah, I'm just going to go back to Ukraine. I mean, there's a war going on, so it's, it's a serious decision. I don't know that I can make that decision as far as I'm going back and staying back at this point, because as you know, I was only there for a weekend, and during that weekend, there weren't any air raids, which is good, but I didn't experience that to be able to know how I would deal with that. So my current goal is and plan, as the Lord wills, um, which I really honestly mean, is to go back for a month. Um, so I won't be able to fly in because the airports are all closed and have been closed since February of 2022. But, but I'll probably fly into Poland um, and then take that bus back in um, for a month and evaluate and pray while I'm there. Lord, is this where you want me to serve from? I know that, that that's where my heart is, that's where my apartment is, that's where my church is, that's where my friends are. I think there's a lots of opportunities to serve there. But we know that the Lord holds us in his hands, and sometimes what we think is our plan, he has a different plan. So if the last year has taught me anything is wherever he places me, I just want to serve as faithfully as I can. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to walk through this open door, and if he closes it sometime before September, then I'm just going to look to him to what's next, whether it's you're not going back, or you're not going back now, or you are going back, and it's for a month. Um, I just feel like I've learned in the last year that I'm just going to point myself in this direction, and, and he's going to make it really clear if he wants to change the plan. As I was talking with Kristen earlier, I was thinking about this, that in, like, in the book of Acts, you see sometimes the apostles fled from persecution. Paul fled from Damascus in a basket. And other times he kind of set his face to walk into it, like going to Jerusalem, even though bonds awaited him. So, you know, when it first broke out, you and the gust of sins decided it was better to leave. But now you're you're weighing the options of, of going back. I mean, you know, how... What what are the factors I guess in that would lead you to want to now actually consider going back into what's a, still like you said an active active war zone? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's difficult because it's not safe. Um, but but yes, we do see the example of the disciples and 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 lots of people around the world that are serving in not safe places and. As I've read through the word, I don't see a lot of times that the most important prayer request is pray for my safety, pray for my safety. It's pray that the word would go forth, pray that I had boldness, pray that I would be clear, pray that hearts would be open. And so I'm not opposed to people praying for my safety, but, but I, I, I feel like I see that the priority of the Lord is that the gospel would go forth. Mm. And... And I, I feel like I see that there's open doors and then there's and there's opportunities and they don't always stay open. Um, and so I feel like this is a season um, that may not always be open where so many people are coming to churches and so many people are open to hearing the gospel. And I don't want to miss it because I'm afraid. Um, and, and I see my... 
I, I've really appreciated the ABWE because just because one person on my team is doing something, it doesn't mean everyone has to do that same thing. So Holly, my teammate in Odessa, and the Sukos in Odessa, they've both returned to Odessa. The Gustafson family recently was in Ukraine, and they're planning to move back the beginning of July. They've made that decision. So it is an encouragement to me that if I went back, my teammates are all going to be in the country as well. We've definitely talked about contingency plans and, and what that means as we're definitely watching the news and very um, connected to what's going on. So I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah. I, I think that it's the Lord's desire that his gospel go forth and there's open hearts right now and they're asking us to come and help them. So it seems like it would be wise to do so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's encouragement, Kristen. That's a, I mean, a challenge to us. Right? I mean, safety and security is not our, our highest calling. Um, but it's also, I mean, I think helpful to see, like you said, the Gustafsons are going back with their kids. So mm-hmm. it's not as though, it's not a foolish risk as though you're, you know, immediately going to be in, in a, uh, on the streets where there's fighting, you know, hand-to-hand fighting or um, fighting down the streets. So... Um, it sounds like the risk is mainly air raids. Is that right? Like, you know, they're, they're bombing, and it seems like it's yeah. kind of indiscriminate at this point. It, it is. It has been indiscriminate. Um, as far as air raids, I mean, they, they've definitely escalated recently. I would say that, that both Odessa and Kiev have probably the best air defense system. So I've learned a lot over the last year and a half, like what is an air defense system. Basically, an air defense system for those of you who don't know, is that um, Ukraine has missiles on the ground, so if missiles are coming towards the city, they shoot missiles from the ground to take them out in the air so that they don't strike. Um, but, but what comes up must come down, so even if the missiles from the ground take out the missiles in the air, there's still debris that falls and that can hit apartments. It's better than a direct missile strike or drone strike or all the crazy stuff that they, they shoot at Kiev. And recently, it seems like the percentage has been I, pretty close to 100% that they've been taking everything out that has been shot at Kiev and Odessa. Granted, every city does not have a good air defense system because you can't put them everywhere. But as far as those particular places the percentage has been good, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. So how are I mean, emotionally, or how are you feeling? I mean, you shared a little bit about just. It sounds like you're you're able to strengthen yourself in the Lord and all this, but I'm sure it's scary to think about at times. I mean, how what's that been like for you? I remember uh, Timothy, Timothy and Luba are my friends. Um, Timothy was just ordained this morning. And when, when I went to Kiev, I stayed with them. And, and I remember going to bed one night and thinking, I hope there's not an air raid tonight, but what am I going to do about it? So I'm just going to go to bed. And there wasn't. But I think, I think it's just been interesting, whether it be, Lord, where am I living or where am I serving or what am I doing? I just I feel like again and again, the Lord has taught me in the last year, Kristen, I've got you in my hands. Like, nothing is going to touch you without my permission. And not that if we're the Lord's, that nothing bad its never going to happen to us, but not without his permission um, and not willy-nilly. Like, he has a purpose in everything that he does. So I think I just felt while I was there, I felt like I was supposed to be there because he'd opened the door for me to be there. There was another time that I had a desire to go to Kiev and Pastor Sasha said, mm, Kristen, don't come right now. So I didn't come. But the, the Lord just opened the door for me to come when I did come. And so I felt like I was supposed to be there that weekend. So I felt like he's got me in his hands. And so this is where I'm supposed to be. So I don't have to yeah. be afraid. <laughs> Sounds like a song from VBS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, praise God. Well, I'm sure, I mean, so there's some elements of just fear and unknown, but I'm sure there's other things that are actually exciting. The thought, I mean, I think if you've, from what I, when we've talked before, Ukraine feels, that's your home. I mean, you feel that's, that's where you're putting down roots. So what is it, what are you looking forward to about going back? 
I mean, definitely my church. Um, I miss them. I love them. They love me. Um, I really do love hearing Ukrainian spoken. Um, I, I, I do miss my apartment and my bed. <laughs> um, like it would be really nice to be in my home, um, but it's you know the Lord's been working on that in my heart too. Of like, let go of the stuff, Kristen, and it's been such a blessing to to have a home in many different places, or or just realize like Jesus didn't have a home. You know, he had no place to lay his head, and and we like that security. I won't lie, but. But um, but it's also been a, a growing thing of, okay, this is where I am now. And whether it's two weeks while I'm on furlough or three days or, or wherever, trying to, to, to let go of, I don't know, yeah. those things. But yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to Lord willing going back and, and just really being able to invest and and not have my language on a, a low simmer like it is right now. I continue to take language lessons twice a week so that it doesn't go super rusty, but it would be really great to be surrounded by it so I can make the the, the increase not like so small, but a little more a little more positive in that swing. Yeah. So you mentioned September and you mentioned going for a month. So um, do you see yourself in Kiev for that month, maybe of September to early October, mm-hmm. and then what's would you return to to Poland after that, or to the states, or what would you do after that month? I I would see myself staying in Eastern Europe either way. So I would probably take a significant amount of things that currently aren't in Ukraine with me to Ukraine. There's the possibility that I could be there for a month and feel like. Okay, I'm just going to stay, but but I could also go back to Poland for a time and evaluate and pray mm-hmm. there as well. I think that my friends at the Word of Life Ministry Center would be open to to me taking some time there as well. Yeah. So when you go back to visit them, I guess thinking about our church here, and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I know you've mentioned maybe we could go visit sometime I don't, mm-hmm. or send a team, but how how could we be a help or an encouragement to Pastor Sasha, I guess Pastor Timothy now, mm-hmm. um, and the, the church at Anaglenia. Yeah. Like I said before, I mean, prayer is such a huge, a huge, huge encouragement to them. Um, I actually was talking to Ben about this little interactive thing, not to put you guys on the spot. but no, I w- they, need to, they need to move their, their uh, limbs a little bit. Yeah, their, they uh, should move their limbs a little bit. <laughs> so I actually have this idea that I ran past Ben, um, that maybe we could make this morning, like right now, a little video that I can give them. And so I'm going to teach you a little Ukrainian. Don't freak out. Or then you can, you can feel how I feel as I'm trying to learn here. And just say in Ukrainian to them, we're praying for you, Renewal Church. And I think that would bless their hearts so much. Like, I mean, I can write to them that, that that's what you are doing. But to see your faces... And hear you trying to speak Ukrainian <laughs> to them, I think it would just bless their souls. I know it would bless Pastor Sasha. So, so we're going to practice. You guys ready? As everyone runs out the door. Okay. Okay. So, so it's only three words. Ha, ha, ha. Um, the first word is we. So you would say it with an M and we. So, muy. Muy. You guys are so great. Good. Muy. Okay. Um, then the second one's a little harder. It is molimosia. Molimosia. Okay, let's put that together. So, muy molimosia. Good job. And then Jeremy's favorite word, onovlenia. Aha, uh-huh. everyone just laughed. I like that. Okay, okay. So it's like, oh no, oh no. Ono vlenya. So there's a V and then lenya. So ono vlenya. Ono vlenya. Guys are good. Okay. So slowly, because that's how I learn. Mui. Moli mosia. Ono vlenya. Okay, we'll try it again. <laughs> okay. Mui. 
Molimosia Onovlenia. Good job. Okay, a little faster. We don't want them to fall asleep. Okay. Mui Molimosia Onovlenia. Very good. Okay, we're going to do it two more times. And then I'm going to whip out my video, okay? Mui Molimosia Onovlenia. I didn't even say it. Did you notice that? You guys said it all by yourself. Okay, now I'll say it with you last time, okay? Mui molimosia onovlenia. Good job. Okay, I'm going to put down my mic because we're going to do this. And can those people over there, like, move over here so it's not so stretched out? Okay, one more time because everyone's nervous. Mui molimosia and you guys can wave too, you know, because we're they're gonna see you and. All right, good job. Thank you, guys. I know you love them. It's just scary when you're trying to say words in another language. <laughs> Was that to encourage them or entertain them? Both, probably. <laughs> both, probably. Yes. <laughs> How fast would that be normally? Mm. Muy molimosia o Yeah. The fact that you guys that you guys said it in Ukrainian will be a blessing. Thank yeah, baby steps. Yes. <laughs> so this is my last question, and then after Chris answers this, I'm going to open up to all of you. So be ready with your. Your questions, if you have any. Um, so, what has God been teaching you just through this whole time, looking back, eighteen months of traveling the world? Um, and are there any scripture passages that have been real, like a help or encouragement to you as you've been through all this? Yeah, I think. I mean, I was such a planner. I mean, I still am a planner, but the Lord said, "Ha ha!" <laughs> um, and so, I think that that I think just being reminded that. I'm in his hands. He's got this. He's led me. He will lead me. And it's been really hard because, you know, a lot of times I, you know, when, when I left Ukraine, I went to Hungary and there was just a huge question mark of now what? And, and I didn't know what. And, and at the very beginning, there was just so many question marks for everybody, and, and, and there were so many opportunities to serve in so many countries, whether it was Hungary, or with teammates in Romania, or Moldova, or Poland, or Slovakia. And, I mean, Mike Gustafson, my team leader, was like, we could go to Denmark. I'm like, too many options. Like, I mean, you know, it was, it was kind of overwhelming, and, and, and so it was hard to know what to do, but, but through all of that, <clears throat> I just felt like, the Lord just opened this door, and then I went over there, and then the Lord closed that door, and then I went over here, and then I didn't know where I was going next, and then he opened another door when he decided to open it. And, and not all of them like flew open. Some of them were a little bumpy, but, but, it, but it was where I was supposed to be. And, and, and so I think that I just really grown in the last year of... I don't know what the next plan is, but he does, and and just really trusting him that I mean, like even you know thinking, you know, well, well, what happens after that month in Ukraine? I don't know. That's too far, <laughs> too far away. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna go through what I know is next, and then the Lord will make it clear because He just always has, and and it, it's not always hooray. You know, some of it is difficult. Um, and you know why is the war still going on? I mean that's really difficult, but but I think just just that reminder of I think it's I can't remember if it's John ten I think it's John ten of he has me in his hands and and he, you know all my days are in his book um, he knows exactly how many I have and you know. John 15, my goal is just to abide in him and serve him wherever I find myself. And 
Psalm 139, you know, he goes before me and behind me, and he loves me, and all of that is just a really great comfort that he didn't forget about me, he, he, he knows me, and, and he has a plan for me, and, and just like the Israelites in the wilderness, like, you know, he's taking care of them everywhere they went, and... I can look back at my Egypt and my wilderness and my wanderings <laughs> and and I know that whether he needs to provide manna or water from a rock, like hmm. he's got mm-hmm. it covered. So Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean those are lessons that you probably wouldn't be learning if you were mm-hmm. um, if you weren't in the wilderness. Yeah. And he has good purposes and all mm-hmm. that. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what about you all? What other questions do you have? Hey, Kristen, since you talked about watch care, um, how did ABWE support you all through that process of kind of transitioning to other countries and such? Yeah, I really appreciated them because even from the moment that we were thinking about leaving, I mean, it wasn't just a handed down, you're out. There was a lot of discussion and, you know, how do you feel that, like the Lord is leading you? Um, and then, then the moment that we did decide to leave, like they just they just cared for our souls so well. I mean, we moved to Hungary, and our teammates were there surrounding us, loving us, helping us, whether that meant for me, like sitting on my friend's couch in my pajamas all day, just praying and you know trying to work through things, or our regional director, like the very next weekend drove from Slovakia to be with us in person and and the people at um, our headquarters were in contact with us of we're here for you if you want to talk or we're praying for you. They, they just rallied around us. And um, I mean, even as my teammates, um, Holly and the Sukos, they, they were still in the country when the war escalated. And so there was just constant communication with them as they ended up leaving. It, it was really funny, not funny, the idea to have a mission organization was a really good idea because, you know, when this, this war happened, I was so thankful that we, I, had that support versus just going independently. And they've checked on us ever since then, too. You know, whether it be headquarters or fellow teammates of, how are you doing? How are you really doing? So I remember when we first sent you you made a comment that has stuck with me about being forgotten by the people who sent you. And I want you to give us an honest grade on how we're doing. I mean, right now you're with us. It's so easy you're here. But tell us what we can do better or what we're doing well to remember you. Well, I honestly think that a lot of my missionary friends are really jealous of my church because you love me so well. So I try not to brag on you too much because then they get mad at me. Um, but I will, I will always remember coming back in 2020 into Reading Airport and having so many of you standing out the gate with signs. And the people on my little hopper plane into Reading were like, who's on our plane? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's my church. They love me. And there was like 50 plus of you guys out there when I came back in 2020. And I just will never forget that. And I just feel like that is the hugest picture. I couldn't even hug you because it was 2020 and I had just come from Europe and I didn't want to kill any of you. Um, <laughs> but, but the fact that so many of you showed up with these signs um, and in person um, to show your love, that meant so much to me. And and, and the fact that whether, whether you've, you're new or have come while I've been gone, the fact that I'm just embraced by you guys um, when I come back and, and I've gained new friends that weren't here when I left originally, um, I just that really means a lot to me. I think one of the things that I love is just people who reach out by email. Um, I think some people think that, you know, you have to write me a novel or something. <laughs> like, honestly... Two sentences every once in a while. Um, that's such an encouragement to me. Um, just like, hey, Kristen, I'm thinking about you. Or, hey, Kristen, I'm praying about you, praying for you. I, that, that, 
that matters a lot to me. So like I said, you don't have to do it every time you get my newsletter, but every once in a while, um, that would really be a blessing to me. I know I mentioned this Telegram group. Um, that's a really great way. Telegram is kind of like Facebook Messenger without the Facebook. Some people are like, Facebook's terrible. So um, if you hate Facebook um, and want to stay connected through Telegram, um, I just posted, I have an opportunity to post updates between newsletters so you can stay um, up to date on what's going on with Pastor Sasha, with me, with the church, praises and prayer requests. That would be a great way I think for missionaries, just reading our newsletters is really great. I love it when I come home and someone's like, how's Pastor Sasha? And I'm like, oh, you know his name. You know, like, um, that just blesses me because this is my world and my people and, and I love them and I want you to love them too. Um, I know we're supporting you with prayer and everything, but it's important to remember your family and how are they doing with all the changes and things going on? Are they still gung-ho? Or <laughs> I, I think that's a really great question. My, my family's always been really supportive of me, but as my mom says, I'm still your mom, and I love you, and I don't want anything to happen to you. So, so yes, you, you can pray for my family as well. Um, I have a brother and my dad, my mom. Um, yeah, just that the Lord would give them peace. Because it's, it's, it's a sacrifice for them to, to send their daughter off, and especially to a place that's not super safe. So thank you. Thank you, Eileen. Yeah, um, if you could pray for my family as well. They're, they're supportive of me, but they love me, and, and, and it's, it is a sacrifice for them too. So, yeah. Kristen, I, I hate it when people do this, so I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> when it's time for a question, a lot of times someone makes a statement, and I just wanted to make an observation. And, and I remember when you, we first sent you that... And they would be accept, um, expected that your confidence would be a little shaken, a little difficult, uh, not really knowing all of what you're getting into. But to see you every time you come back, your confidence in the Lord, and your not, and it's not just it's not skill so much as just more reliance upon Him is more strength. And I think that I see more and more of that all the time, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I praise the Lord for his work in my heart because, you know, when I think about, you know, just different things over the last year, like, wow, that's, that's you working in me because, man, I don't like not knowing what the plan is. <laughs> Anybody else? I don't know how... Uh relevant this is but i'm just curious if you find yourself with free time what's something you enjoy doing like do you knit or color or do anything if you have free time that that you enjoy doing um i definitely don't knit but i admire those who can i really love reading so i do that on either side of the ocean i really love spending time with friends on either side of the ocean and and I love singing whatever opportunity I get on either side of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> In light of all your experiences, if there's people here that are thinking about being missionaries, what advice or thoughts that you would give to them? Well, I think something that, I don't know, I just remind people is that you, you don't become some superstar or super godly person by crossing an ocean. <laughs> um, so I think that the important thing is just to go as deep in your relationship with the Lord as you can right where you are. Um, because that's, I mean, that's one of my number one prayer requests on every newsletter, that I would be faithful in the word and I'd be faithful in prayer, that that my relationship with the Lord would be healthy and strong. But as far as missions, um, I would say that talking to other missionaries and hearing about their experiences, when I was thinking of doing missions, I didn't know what to do. I knew I wanted to go, but I didn't know where or how or anything like that. 
I knew I didn't want to be a nurse because blood freaks me out. And I knew I didn't want to be a teacher because I love my mom to pieces, but she was a teacher. I was like, no, thank you. So, and I thought, well, that's the only things that like ladies can do on the mission field, like nursing and teaching. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? So, so I think just talking to as many different missionaries as you can, something that was a great blessing to me was going and spending time with missionaries. I actually went and spent time for a week with missionaries that our church supported in Utah when I lived in Santa Rosa. And I just did life with them for a week. And a lot of times when we go on mission trips, you know, we do this great VBS and VBS is so great and wonderful. Um, like we we don't do that every day, you know. And and so what is what does normal life look like on the fields? ABWE, my mission organization, which I love to pieces, um, they have a demo weekend for a lot of people. It's in Pennsylvania, but I'm bound and determined to get some of you or every single one of you um, to go to it because. It's just so great. You get to meet the leadership that's there. Um, you get to be exposed to the different um, countries and and regions and ways to to serve. Because people are doing a lot more than nursing and teaching. Um, there's just a variety of things that people do in a variety of countries. And and I mean, I just loved when we had our VBS recently. So many of us were doing so many different things, and it was just so cool to see how the Lord used the skill set and the talents and the gifts that he's given me. There was people doing crafts, and, and that was not me, except for this like really basic bracelet thing, because okay? I like run away from crafts. But um, it's just really cool to see, like if you have a heart for missions, and you don't know how the Lord has created who you are, how he could use that, he absolutely can. Um, so they have this, like I said, they have this demo weekend that's just going kind of fire hose tsunami of experiences and meeting people and talking and asking questions. Um, and I found that that's been really helpful to a lot of people who just, they have this desire to go, but they just have too many questions and they don't like know what direction to go. And that's been really helpful for them. But the more that you talk to missionaries and... Um, organizations or me come talk to me we'll go out to coffee yeah (laughs) i would be curious to hear your opinion of short-term missions people that may have a heart for missions but just have in their mind a shorter term i've heard lots of different opinions about that we've sometimes thought maybe it's better just to give them because it's expensive often to go do a short-term mission would it be better to take that money and just give it to the mission organization? Or is the effort and money spent for a short term actually, from your perspective, is that valuable? I think that's an excellent question, actually. I think that, I think that a big part of the answer to that question is, what are the goals or expectations of the people coming on the short-term trip? If the people are coming to serve, um, if they are coming to help in whatever way um, that they can, um, versus, um, it kind of depends, it kind of depends on their expectations. But I think that there is something precious and beautiful. When I talk to Cindy, and when I talk to Steve, and when I talk to Paul, they've met Pastor Sasha. So anytime that I talk about him, it's not just a name in a newsletter. Like, they know who that is. And so when they come back to Cow Creek, they just have, I, I don't know if they said this, but I think my mom said it because she also came. And she said to Ukraine at one point, she said, you know, I read your newsletters, but now I read them in color because I've been there. And so I think that, I think that there's definitely a place for short-term missions because I think it unites you guys with the people that you're supporting in a way that you can do that by email and um, you can do that by prayer and you can do that by reading my newsletters and things. But, but if you actually come to my home and see my people and come to the grocery store and see everything in Ukrainian, um, it's just different. And, and I think it's such an encouragement. It is, you know, obviously there is an expense to, to coming over, but I think that it can be great encouragement um, to the people that I'm serving with, that they hear about this 
this cow creek way off yonder in the, in the States, but to have people travel all the way over there and, and be with them, I think I told for both people. And I think, too, that, that I, had, I had a missionary tell me once before I became a missionary myself that a lot of times that we go on mission trips and then the Lord works in our hearts to develop that passion to serve ourselves. And sometimes the Lord just wants people to do short-term trips and, and then be able to serve and send from their local church. But, but I, I know in my life that going on short-term trips was the segue um, to me going long-term. And I know that that's been the case with other people. Um, so I think there's definitely a place for short-term missions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more. It's your All wife, right. Ben. I should probably right. run over there. Uh, last. <laughs> oh, we're done. I'm just <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to word this yet, but um, I'm curious because you've seen a lot of families and worked with families overseas. So how how do the parents kind of kind of navigate like caring for their children and like doing what's best for their family with like their role in missions and um, like how much weight do they give? Like, okay, this is the needs of our family, um, but this is where we feel God leading us. Or is it kind of like a, this is the needs of our family. So God is leading us in this direction and not this direction. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah. How do they kind of it? Like if there's a conflict of, it seems like God is leading us this direction, but it would also be, um, very, I don't know, difficult, or maybe not what's not what we think is best for our kids and their like their spiritual growth or their lives. I don't know. Does that you have anything? I think I think the one of the biggest ways that this comes out is through education, um, because a lot of parents are trying to decide, you know, how should we put our children in in um, in the the local school or or should we um, have them homeschooled um, but it but it definitely also impacts um, I mean the case in point would be when I went to Bulgaria you know they wanted to serve the Ukrainians that were coming into their country but their daughter needed help with school and they needed to care for her and and they were feeling torn um, so in that instance my coming was able to alleviate some of that um, and I could work with her and then they could serve in ministry but but you know they were ready to choose their daughter over ministry so so I think there there is that tension um, I think that I mean it's a little different for every missionary but I think that I mean I think missionaries try to do ministry that they can do together as a family. Um, and I, I think it's sort of similar as to, you know, how you serve and do life here in the States. You know, as you go about your life, you're thinking about, can I involve my kids in this? Um, you know, can we serve in this way together? I mean, I loved yesterday when we did VBS and, and all week of, you know, kids of all ages were helping in different ways. And, and, and so I think that... I think that parents do go into it, whether it be for education or ministry. Um, I think they, I think that they desire to walk in, uh, not compartmentalizing, but striving to. Um, how can we do this ministry as a family? And if this ministry is taking me away from my family, maybe I need to alter what I'm doing, so that they're not over there and I'm over here. Does that kind of kind of answer the question? Yeah, but it, but it's attention. Yeah, it is. It can be attention, just like it is in the states. Of oh, I got to be busy serving Jesus. I'll be back home, kids, soon. You know, like no, like we're there. There are there, um, not not ministry, but they they are the ones that we've been called to shepherd first, not second. Thanks, Kristen. All right, well, let me close in prayer. Great questions. Um, our Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for the privilege of being a part of Kristen's life and 
sending her out to serve you in Ukraine. We thank you for this report of your work and her life. And even in the midst, and perhaps even because of the war and the um, wandering that she's been on, we're hearing of the spiritual growth in her heart and just trusting you and, and holding her plans lightly and, and growing in dependence upon you. God, we praise you for your work and her life in that. And we just pray that you'd continue to guard her and, and keep her growing in you and trusting you and um, spending time in your word and in prayer. We pray that you'd protect her from the evil one and from temptation and from fear. And we pray that you'd go before her as she um, considers going back to Ukraine in September for a month and, and just seeing uh, what doors you open. I, I pray that you would make your paths clear for her, that you would um, give her peace in the midst of the uncertainty and um, make it clear if she's to stay there and, and can continue to serve. And we do pray for your continued blessing on Onovlenia and Pastor Sasha and Associate Pastor Timothy and their families and all those who are serving you there, God. We just we praise you for the spiritual growth and the numerical growth in their church over these um, last 18 months. And we pray for your uh, blessing upon them. We pray that you would just strengthen Sasha and Timothy to minister to the, the needs of the church and to share the word and be discipling people. And we pray that there would be new believers that would be growing and joining the church and be following you in the midst of the, the struggles and uncertainty of life in Kiev. And we just pray that you'd continue to do this, this mighty work in their church and all across Ukraine. We pray for continued spiritual growth. We do pray for peace as well, though. We pray that you would bring the war to an end and that you would allow people to respond or return back to uh, normal life, but we recognize your your sovereign hand will is over all of this, and um, you have purposes even in the midst of suffering. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.